the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath is away, taking a little... uh Rest and relaxation at the beach this week. So fabulous. Hope uh, her weather is good as well and the water temperature is very warm. <laughs> Nothing worse than going to the ocean and it's cold, right? You like lay in there. <laughs> Give me the hot water in the ocean. Uh, can you believe that we're back at it again? I, I don't know. I, I, this was not really what I was expecting, which is, again, the masks are back, right? Uh, I'm reading in today's paper that uh, tonight... Uh, I've got friends who love James Taylor. James Taylor is in town this evening at uh, the paint, the PPG Paints Arena. They are requiring everyone to wear a mask who's in attendance, right? And so uh, JT is going to be on the stage singing, uh, you've got a friend with his mask on. Probably not. Uh, I think Jackson Brown is with James Taylor as well. So everyone who's going to go to the show. And uh, Kenny Wood and Sandcastle have announced as well that they, uh, if you are inside, where are you inside? I guess if you're, there's little restaurants and the arcade and whatnot, you have to wear your mask there. Well, okay, fine. Uh, local restaurants, uh, some local restaurants are now saying you must. We're back at this again. I don't know. I don't know. I got the shot. I feel good about it. I was out wandering around there, went to Yellowstone, hung out with the family, was on airplanes. Now we're back wearing the masks. All right. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, who uh, a friend I've known since high school, and uh, he lives far, far away. And uh, he, he was talking about, not about masks, you know, he was talking about this, and I wonder if this is you. This This happens to me from time to time. I do. I fall into... The ready pit of despair and hopelessness, right? Do you get this? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think m- some people are more predisposed to depression and or hopelessness than other people. I think it's, you know, a fact of life. And you might say as Christians, of course, that we are never without uh, without hope, right? Right? Of course, our, our hope is in Christ Jesus and our eternal salvation in heaven with the Lord. You're correct. Christ is our hope in every circumstance. However, in the darkness of the moment, I think all of us from time to time fall into that pit of hopelessness. There are times when we do feel utterly hopeless. My friend was expressing this sentiment, this despair with me earlier today. Our hopes and dreams are shattered. That that job offer has not yet come in, never to be fulfilled perhaps. Our kids have disappointed us, our spouses. We ourselves, we Ourselves, our lives are the greatest source of hopelessness, right? Our actions day to day, we are constantly in that sin cycle, a sin machine. So whatever it may be in our lives, divorce, 
cancer, drugs, suicide, so much pain, so much anguish. Hope is lost. So what do you do? What do you do when hope is lost? Do you just gut through it? Do you pray? That's Those are good things. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, and I know you know this, if you've been a mature Christian for a while, that there is never a time in your life when God will abandon you. Never. But your times of anguish, I, I do believe that in those times of darkness, those deep darkness, right, the dark night of the soul, that God is closer that at that time than, than any other time. As far as that separation and as deep as the darkness is, I believe in those moments that God is closer. The unexpected word of comfort, the moment of laughter that cracks open your life, that takes you completely by surprise. Maybe it's just the grace that gets you through that day or even that moment. I had a friend who was a, a severe, I mean, a severe alcoholic. This guy could not get sober. He could not, and he would count his sobriety not in, not in years, not in months, not in days, but minutes, literally minutes. <laughs> I have not had a drink in the last six minutes, he would say. And, it was a, and he wasn't being a smarty. It was a point of pride. I'm not drunk in the last half hour. He'd show up at meetings and people would roll their eyes and go, okay, here comes this character again. Here comes this crazy person. Uh, I'm happy to say he has been sober now for a number of years. But I do remember those moments where he was completely, darkly in the despair of hopelessness, where he could not get, he could not string together 60 minutes of sobriety, whatever. I didn't walk in his shoes, but I understand that life. So I just wonder, have you considered the work that God does, the greatest work in the midst of our most painful days? I've had family members commit suicide. I can't imagine the survivors, what that's like, in those deep in pain. When Joseph was in prison, as God prepared him to rule the land, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness with God carefully providing for their every need. David learned to fight when he was tending sheep. And maybe our, your pain, maybe my pain, maybe our shared pain as a, a human being is just a way that God consecrates us, of molding us into him, his image so that we can witness the wonders that he has planned for us. I think in the midst of that darkness and despair, many times that's all you got, right? My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Anyway, if you're with us today, thank you for sharing some time here to punch in and say, yeah, I'm going to spend some time on the radio here and check out what these guys are talking about. Well, in the despair of this moment, there is hope. There is life. There is grace. There is forgiveness. And I do know from my own travails, and my guess is if you're a certain age, you know, I think beyond like sixth grade, you start to understand, right? It's dangerous out there. It's dark out there. It's a sick world. And I think you stumble forward. But the prayer is that God is with you in your despair, that you find peace, 
and love and the light to rescue you from this moment of darkness wherever you are. All right? We'll take a quick break. Come back. We've got a full show for you. In just a few minutes, uh, we're going to go across the Atlantic Ocean and visit with our good friend, Sheridan Vosey. And Sheridan's going to speak about that, that one thing that really makes life tenable for a lot of people. That is friendship. That's next on The Ride Home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Moms are the most influential people on the planet. For years, you've trusted Focus on the Family. Now you have the chance to experience it in person. Enter the Focus on the Family VIP experience. We'll fly you and three others to Focus on the Family headquarters, where you'll stay at Great Wolf Lodge in Colorado Springs and sit in on an actual Focus on the Family program. Enter once per day and complete bonus tasks to increase your chances of winning. The Focus on the Family VIP experience. Register to win at at wordfm.com slash focus. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no cash. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TAN for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TAN for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TAN. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Sheridan Voice is going to join us in a few minutes. We're going to talk about friendship. Don't you, don't you love connecting with old friends? I mean, 
say what you will about the, the horrors of social media, and of course there's a lot to be said about that, but I mean, especially you know when Facebook was brand squeaky new, I mean, for a lot of people, right? I mean, the thrill of going onto Facebook and reconnecting with old friends. I, <laughs> for, I think for a lot of people, you know, with some peril, for better or worse, right? There were a lot of people going to go, man, I remember that guy. He was the pointy-headed kid in kindergarten, and now he's my Facebook friend. What do I say to the guy? You know, um, you'd hang out and meet people. You'd have lunch. At least I, you'd have lunch with people you know, that you were friends with when you were nine. And, you know, friends from high school, friends from college, uh, all over the map. I mean, that was the, the big, beautiful thing. And, of course, you know, I still love it. I mean, I still love connecting on Facebook. Um, I don't post nearly as much as I, I used to. Now I'm kind of like more of a... I don't, I'm not a stalker, but I'm a casual observer of it. I think I think you kind of reach the point of that, right? Where you, you just kind of go, oh, that friend, what's he doing? Sometimes I post. More often than not, I don't. But I'm always interested in what my old friends are doing. Well, Sheridan Voise is with us. Sheridan's a regular guest on our show, and uh, he's been with us many times over the past year or so. Just really always interesting what he has to offer. Um, Sheridan is um, the author of seven books, a presenter of Pause for Thought on BBC's Radio 2's Zoball Breakfast Show, and it contributes to media across the UK, Europe, and Australia. Here today to talk to us about the soil that makes friendship grow. Sheridan, how are you, friend? It's, I was going to say, I have to say hello, friend, to you. You know, we've never been in the same studio together. We've never actually met in person. But uh, our little connections that we have every month, uh, I'm really growing to like you, my friend. So I'm looking Thank forward you. to when we can deepen our friendship even further. So I'm doing well. Thanks for the question. And it's true, friend. You know, friend, the, the, you don't have to be. And I think probably, you know, the younger generation can attest to this more so than ever, right, that you don't have to inhabit the same physical space to have a, a deep friendship, right? Right. Yeah. A friendship is built on a number of different bases. So there is having some things in common. There's having a kind of a, a common outlook on life. Um, certainly a shared faith is a wonderful starting point for a friendship. Uh, but also the opportunity to share your stories, um, to then kind of share something beyond just opinions and ideas, but to start sharing feelings and hopes and dreams. Now, you can do all of those things online, just as we're doing now. Of course, it's much better to be in flesh because you can see the person in three dimensions rather than... <laughs> It's a bunch of flickering pixels as we are doing now. Yes. But all of those things you can do. That's right. I mean, it's amazing what we can do now, um, you know, with the technology that we have. Yes. Okay, so talk to us. You wrote this piece, The Soil That Makes Friendship Grow. And it is a great analogy because it is soil, right? There is a richness to us, a depth to us. And to plant something takes some time and effort and some nurturing over time. So in this piece that you wrote, you talk about a couple, Mike and Miriam. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Mike and Miriam. So I was on a TV program over here in the United Kingdom called Songs of Praise, and I was able to share a little bit about my wife's and my story about not being able to have children, which we've shared on this uh, program before. And Mike and Miriam got in touch, and they said, look, we're in our 60s. We find it so difficult to talk about this. In fact, we don't find we can talk about it to anybody. In fact, I don't think we've even met another couple who don't have kids. But here's our situation. We, we are finding it so hard to connect in with other people because, in general, 
churches included, a lot of our social circles often revolve around family. Sure. And whether that be when you've got young children and it's the, you know, the, the school gate where you congregate and you get to know other pa- uh, parents and you get to know what else is going on in the community, um, or whether it might be, say, in church and then, you, you know, you've, you've got children in the same kind of age group and you've got things to talk about there. Maybe when you're older, then you start talking about your grandchildren and what they're up to. Well, just say you don't have that. What do you have then to talk about? Now, I think that Mike and Miriam have a lot more to talk about than just those things, but they were struggling to find people who would be open and willing to talk about things beyond their family, beyond their grandchildren. So poor old Mike and Miriam found themselves incredibly isolated to the point where they said, we just don't have any friends. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to kind of dig into their experience a little bit more. They had tried three different churches over the last nine years, and that's pretty good. They gave each church three years of experience, and they just found it very difficult to to, to connect. They would join home groups. uh, They would invite people around for meals, but they wouldn't get invited back for meals. In fact, somebody actually said to them, oh, I really didn't think I'd have anything in common with you. And where I go with this article is talking about hospitality being that soil that uh, friendship grows out of. Hospitality is that kind of quality of heart whereby I take an interest in you. It's not just simply serving meals. That's wonderful. But it's actually I take an interest in you. It's a, it's a quality of heart. I, I, I inquire as to who you are. And what are the things that make you you? Okay, you don't have children. Well, what do you have? I'm sure you've got interests and hobbies. I'm sure you've got opinions. I'm sure you've got experiences of faith and God. There's so much for us to explore. If you were to treat somebody as a a wonderful little universe and you want to kind of delve into that universe, there'll be a whole heap of treasures to find. That, I think, is the beginning of friendship. And I think that's what we could call hospitality. Yes. And it is a very particular skill set, isn't it? I mean, there's an intentionality to, I mean, it's one thing to invite someone in your house to have a meal, one and done, or a couple of times. But then the long arc of a friendship is that continued hospitality, that door open, checking in, you know, how are things, what's going on with your day. Uh, it just, it's, a, it's something that blossoms, that grows, that does require that deep intentionality. Right. And if we wanted to take the analogy further, well, it does. It requires some tilling of the soil and it requires a bit of fertilization and a bit of watering. So it does require effort. And we started this conversation talking about technology. Well, yeah, it could just be a little text to this person. So well, how are you doing today? That's all it requires. Might be a WhatsApp message, might be a Zoom call if you're out of town or something that just keeps that contact happening. But then There is something, I've been doing a lot of research about this whole area of friendship because I keep on hearing it so often that people are wrestling with friends. In fact, I saw a statistic the other day about the United States, 35% of people over the age of 55 uh, wrestle with chronic loneliness. Right. I think that's really significant. Uh, Another one, um, the number of people who are reporting that they don't have any friends in the United States has has quadrupled since the 1990s. So more and more people are wrestling with this whole, well, I'm just struggling to connect with other people. So it's it's a particular interest for me personally. But the hospitality thing goes further because, of course, you start off with small little invitations. It might be or we've met at work. How about we have a coffee after work? So that's your first little invitation to hospitality. Then maybe it's a, well, why don't we, why don't we catch a meal? 
Why don't we catch a movie? Why don't you then come round to my place for a meal? That's taking the hospitality even further, and you're bringing them into your personal abode. They're starting to see what you have around in the books that you have and the DVD collection that you have and everything else that, you know, the, your taste in, in furnishings. All of that kind of speaks. And then, of course, there's another level. You might want to, you know, have a weekend away together. All of these little things, I think, are what you're talking about. We build the friendship one little step, one little decision one little act of hospitality at a time. Yes. And Sheridan, that's so good to, to, to bring this up. But, but it is those, those statistics that you quote, they're heartbreaking. And, and I wonder what that is. I mean, you know, you could always talk about the boogeyman of social media and whatnot or, you know, television. And, but there's something about vulnerability that you invite someone into your life, and it is a vulnerable act, right? You expose yourself in some way, in the nature of sharing back and forth, in the hopes that they catch a vision of who, who you are and that they're interested as well. There is a vulnerability, and I think that probably a lot of people just go, eh, my pain is too much, I don't need that anymore, I'm safer to be alone, and so I'm not gonna make the effort to go out and try to find new friends. What do you think? Indeed. Yeah, well, you know, the sociologists will talk about various reasons why that friendship level has gone down, and we could talk about very long work hours, very long commutes, all sure, of those sure. things that take time away. But then the internal barriers, like you said, well, will I risk being vulnerable with this person? Because indeed, sometimes it's not going to be reciprocated. Mike and Miriam, when they did kind of take a little bit of risk to then share about the pain of their childlessness, Sometimes they were met with blank stares and awkward silence. Now, that's really difficult. Yeah. So you... Especially in the church, right? You would think that the church would be, right? You're, already you've got the major thing in common, which is you are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's in the middle. I mean, that's fabulous. And everything else derives from that, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, that's the, you've got a wonderful starting point, a wonderful connection point. We have the Holy Spirit. We share the Holy Spirit, which connects us. We have uh, a common outlook. We have a common Lord. So that's a wonderful starting point. Uh, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's because maybe we focus so much on, you know, maybe, you know, uh, well, I just think about another couple that I know who went to a, a home group and the home group was very much about Bible study, and we need to kind of get into the industrial strength meanings of the Greek words <laughs> behind the, and and it wasn't really a place for sharing how you're doing this week, and they wrestled with that. They were really keen for the Bible study. Don't get me wrong, but if they'd been through a really difficult time that week, well, you you want a group of comrades, don't you? A yes. group of people that you can kind of share that with. So how does it work for you then, Sheridan? I mean, uh, like, again, we're friends, but we have not occupied the same space. You're one of the most loquacious people I know. You are very open. I believe that you're very transparent. You're willing to do this very easily. So for you and your wife, there you are. You're childless, but you're committed believers. Has it been difficult for you? I, you know, even now, even this sounds really funny, given the fact that here we are talking to how many thousands of people yes. about this experience, I'm still reluctant to go into that aspect of our lives too quickly with people that I meet straight away. I can understand. Because you know that you sometimes, you'll either get quick fixes, <laughs> um, right. oh, just relax, all of those yeah. kinds of answers. Um, or you just don't know what you'll get. And so sometimes people, when, when they say, oh, you know, do you have children? Sometimes the answer is uh, no, actually. What about you? 
I just simply move on. Um, you want to find out. This is, I think, a key thing with what we're talking about. You do want to test the waters out with people for a little bit before you then go super deep, before you go super vulnerable. You, you put out um, a few little testers and then see if they reciprocate. And if you do, well, then you can try a little bit more vulnerability. In general, it will ultimately get rewarded. Uh, so don't hold back if it hasn't been reciprocated in the past. But certainly, yeah, you you don't throw your pearls before swine in the sense you don't give your, your treasured things to people who are just going to trample on them, turn them, turn around and kind of ignore them. Um, no, these are these are very special things. So. Very good. Test them out. So that's a good. It's a good encouragement, right? Uh, no matter what age you are, it's difficult to form good friendships. And I think as you get older, you know that people sixty-five and over, fewer and fewer friendships. You think, boy, uh, walking down the street, how many people are sitting alone in their rooms, isolated, and just in despair because they have no one to share life with? It is. We, for a very short period of time, but still it made headlines around the world. Here in the United Kingdom, we became the first country to have an MP for loneliness, mm. <laughs> a member of parliament for loneliness. So that said that there was quite a significant uh, problem. Here in the United Kingdom, I think uh, it was somewhere around 25% of people either don't have a close friend and one in 10 of those people don't have any friends at all. So, you know, we really do have an issue there to work on. Um, and it is about being intentional. I was sitting in a seminar a good 12 years ago, and the seminar leader said, who can you call at 2 o'clock in the morning when everything has gone wrong? Right. And I remember going, oh, my goodness, I just moved to Sydney. I wasn't too sure who I could call at 2 o'clock in the morning when everything had gone wrong, and it was a big wake-up call. Okay, Sheridan, you need to start being intentional with the friends that you do have yes. and really start building further into those things. With the little things we've been talking about, little texts and little emails, how about a phone call, how about a Skype chat, how about we catch a meal? I'm into that because a good friend makes a good life. Sheridan Voice is with us. Sheridan, just a few minutes left. Uh, I want to talk to you about where you are right now in the UK with uh, COVID and whatnot. We're in this weird area right now. All of a sudden, we were doing great. I mean, I was traveling. Uh, I was on airplanes. And all of a sudden now we hear locally, hey, mask up again. Uh, things are on the rise. This was unexpected to me. How are things with you? Yeah, so here in the United Kingdom, we have also had a third spike uh, with the Delta variant That's where uh, we are. of the COVID, yeah, the the, the COVID nineteen uh, virus. Um, thankfully, because we have got such a large uh, rate of the population vaccinated, I mean, the number of people who have had the first jab, I think, is something around ninety percent of the adult population. That's not us, and I think it's seventy percent or something who have had double jab. So what that means is, while we have this third spike, so we've got a lot of new cases. We don't have a corresponding uh, spike in hospitalizations or deaths. Now, we still have you know, a, a slight uh, increase in the graph there on both of those, but nothing to what we've had over the last two spikes. So, look, we're doing well, uh, but we still need to be cautious. We are officially out of all lockdown measures, um, but we're all, you know, we're still wearing our masks when we go into shopping centers and, you know, enclosed places and things like that. We just want to... Be safe. We, 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 we want to be safe, and we're not out of this yet. No. So there's still a, a bit of a, a bit of a journey ahead. Yes. All right, Sheridan. Well, always good to hear your voice, to see a friend. Thanks for checking in. Uh, a great message, and uh, Godspeed. We'll see you next month. Yeah, you too.
Thanks, John. Sheridan Voise, you can find him online. His books, his writing, his blog, SheridanVoise.com. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've got much more ahead. We're just getting underway. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, The Ride Home, here on 101.5 Ford FM. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Are you ready for a life-fulfilling getaway where you can join renowned Bible teachers, best-selling authors, and award-winning worship artists in breathtaking locations? Sail the Sea of Galilee, gaze at the majesty of towering Alaska glaciers, or bask in the warmth of the Caribbean sun. Christian travel is the best way to see God's creation, and inspiration cruises and tours will provide unforgettable moments just for you. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. Looking for a job? Contact Express Employment Professionals and be part of their national hiring event. With one application, Express connects you with multiple employers and never charges a fee. Go to ExpressPros.com, find your nearest office, and call Express today. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. We'll see a thunderstorm around this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll reach a low of 62. It'll be pleasant tomorrow with sun and clouds. A great day to be outside. Tomorrow's high, 81. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 62. Thursday, times of clouds and sun will reach a high Thursday of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Hey, uh, just a, a quick reminder that uh, Word FM's date night is back. 
We're taking out uh, this time to the uh, Three Rivers. It is August 24th, a, a night out on the Gateway Clipper Fleet's Princess. Princess? Yes, Princess. <laughs> it should be a, a great dinner and uh, fabulous views, as they say, of the city. Wordfm.com uh, forward slash date night uh, to go. It looks to be, I mean, you know, for a night out on a boat, uh, you and your sweetheart, uh, your husband, your wife, um, I, I'm not sure what the, uh, the cost is, but um, not so bad to get out there. And uh, we'll be there. Kath and I are going to be out there. Sands are our um, husbands and wives. Uh, wait, wait, husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> our husbands and wives like there's 15 of them hey, y'all coming you're gonna to come to date night with us you know it might be better for you to stay behind uh, <laughs> Cass' husband is not going my wife is not going that's what i meant to say <laughs> um we've been doing some you know we've been outside lately you know trying to do some family things outside one of my kids, one of my boys. I mean, they're they're older guys now. You know, they're, they're twenty and twenty three. Whenever they were little kids, the best thing that they loved to do more than anything was to go and play miniature golf. So we've kept that family tradition up. And um, our favorite miniature golf uh, place shut down years ago. It was called Golf World, and they had Ice Cream World next to it, Game World. But Golf World sort of fell into disrepair, so we had to go and search for another golf course, another miniature golf course. Uh, Christy, are you yourself a fan of miniature golf? I am. Hey, good. I'm very competitive all around. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> all around. <laughs> okay, good. So you can play a mean game of miniature golf? Oh, yes. Excellent. And do you have a favorite place you go to? Uh, so I'm still new to like out here in this area, but okay. if you go back towards the um, the Mon Valley, there's a place in Monroeville we always go to. Oh, the uh, the putt putt. I know. Yeah, that. there's yeah, like sure. a giraffe and stuff. You go out that way. Right. That's where they we have go. Yeah. Multiple courses, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Too. Yep. Yeah. 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 And there's there's some really good places uh, out in the North Hills. There's an excellent place. They've got a couple of courses there. It's always good. I mean, and I am competitive as well. Although my one kid, who's you know gone from you know being a little kid to never getting it in. Now can really just crush me, which is always you know debilitating. But yeah, miniature golf is good. Anyway, uh, it's just good to be out, and I would encourage you to come and hang out with us on date night, August the twenty fifth. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back uh, when we do come back. This is a heady subject on racial justice, individual guilt, and institutional responsibility. Don't get don't get all excited here. David French has got some good words next. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. 
Call 1-800-770-4747 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-770-4747 or selectquote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. To be or not to be? If that's your pest question, get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. What does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. I'm inviting you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now it's your time to find love and the tools to become a bride. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The challenge begins this week at lovestories.com. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Well, you want to throw a Molotov cocktail into a gathering of friends? Say two words, racial justice, and people's heads start to explode. That's a sad fact, but that's exactly where we are here in the United States. Well, David French is with us. David's a regular guest on our show. He is a senior editor at The Dispatch, which is a daily email that we love and follow. It's excellent, The Dispatch. David's also an attorney and a New York Times bestselling author. His latest book is called Divided. Divided We Fall, America's Succession Threat and How to Restore Our Nation. Here today to talk to us about a piece that he wrote in the dispatch this past week. David, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, David, thanks. Okay, so in the dispatch, this daily email that you do so well with a group of people, you look at the issues of the day. But then on Sunday, you do a a sort of a piece of your own called the French Press, which has a decidedly Christian bent to it. That's fair to say, yes? Yeah, absolutely. It's intended to – we have a – we're not a Christian publication, and we have readership across the, the religious and political spectrum. But this, there's been a real need, I think, for people to have um, informed commentary about, uh, you know, especially the American, American evangelical world. Yes. Okay, so not this past Sunday, but last Sunday, two Sundays ago, you wrote a piece and you talked about racial justice. Now, Mm -hmm. from that, of course, as I said, as you walked in, people lost their mind because people people looked at you and said, well, you you made this inference that you were imposing interracial intergenerational guilt for ancestral sin. Please open this up because this is a big issue and time is limited, but I know you can drill down into this quickly. Yeah, so what I was make the point that I was making and I made both last week and this week is that when we are not responsible, in other words, I don't have guilt 
for my ancestor's sin. Obviously, I didn't commit the sin. I didn't, you know, my my ancestors, for example, were in the Confederacy. Uh, I didn't make that decision. I'm not guilty for that decision. But when you have institutions that inflicted harm for a very long time in the United States of America, that harm has enduring consequences. In other words, it creates conditions that are bad for people. It created conditions that were bad for people 100 years ago. It created conditions that were bad for people 60 years ago. And it has effects that continue. And so in our turn, when we are part of some of the same institutions, so for example, a city or a church denomination or a state government, that we're in positions of authority or positions of responsibility, that we're responsible for trying to do what we can to address the harm that was created. In other words, we as individuals don't have individual guilt for what occurred before our lifetimes, but we as members of a nation and a community and a church have responsibility to to try to heal the continuing hurts inflicted in the past. And the way I put it, and, and just to make it like super easy for folks to understand, is imagine that you have a corporation, and that corporation is putting a bunch of pollution into the, into the atmosphere. Yes. And finally, people figure out what's happening, and they stop the pollution, and they hire and fire the CEO. Now, when the new CEO comes in or the new employees come in, they're not guilty of the, old, the pollution of the past, but they are responsible responsible for trying to clean up the environmental damage that the company caused. And so that's the way I put it, is a way to help people understand that when there are lingering effects, and sometimes dramatic effects that exist of prior harm, that it's part of our responsibility as citizens and as members of these important institutions to try to heal that hurt as best we can. Right. Okay. So prior harm. And and, and that, I think, is also one of those hot button issues, right? That, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wh- whatever you want to call it, critical race theory or whatnot. And of course, you know, that conversation is going to go on for a long time. But of course, I believe, I know this to be true, that prior harm has been done to the African-American community in this country. I, I don't I don't see how you can sidestep that in any way. Now, do you take personal responsibility for that? If that's your bent, you go right ahead. But there is a line to be drawn, and I think that you've drawn it very succinctly. However, of course, you've seen this, that whether it's in high schools or colleges or wherever people gather where there's this, this conversation and there is some sort of CRT conversation being taught, that you know you as an individual are called out on your whiteness, and your whiteness is the problem, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's calling out kids on the basis of whiteness, they're not doing anyone any good at all, because a 10-year-old's whiteness is not responsible for anything. Um, and so what, but what ends up happening is that the discourse goes something like this. Somebody who is on one side says, we need to teach kids about their whiteness and the problem of their whiteness, which is a, a very toxic thing. I mean, you're, you're racializing kids are at an early age very toxic. And then the other side says, well, that's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. I'm going to get, dedicate my time and energy and effort to stopping this um, extremism that's trying to teach kids about their whiteness. And then what ends up missing in that equation? What ends up missing in that equation is who's the voice or where are the voices that are saying, 
okay, look, we're not going to argue that people are have problems because they're white, but what it, what do we do? Like, what is what is it that we are? How are we supposed to analyze what occurred? We know what we're against. What should we be for? And I think that often the race discourse ends up being entirely about what we're against and not nearly as much about what we're for. Yes, because, of course, whether it's politics or conversations about race, you have the far extremes of far left and far right. And, of course, there's never any moderation between those two. And so you're just stuck with a lot of propaganda and anger. And people, you know, that's what drives the media, right? You know, the far left going, you know, we must have reparations individually and, you know, we're going to drive this. Or far right saying there's no such thing as white privilege you're crazy so let's just move on right exactly exactly so you've got some people saying well we don't really you know we passed the civil rights acts in 1964 and we've mandated legal equality we don't really need to deal with this right. and then you've got other people saying hey 10 year olds you need to learn about your whiteness <laughs> you're, right. you're just saying wait a minute because you know one of the things i didn't talk about in my piece is okay let, let's just think about this sensibly you know if you took if you had hundreds of years of jamming people by law into segregated neighborhoods, and then the main thing and only thing you do is you say, okay, well, I'm not making it actually illegal for you to move out of there anymore, but you maintain a lot of structures that make it hard for people with few resources to go from uh, bad neighborhoods to better neighborhoods or from bad schools to better schools. You've still got a problem that the law has created and that the law is actually still reinforcing, even if even if it's not racist who are you know, reinforcing those laws, but the law still reinforces these structures that were created a long time ago that prohibit or inhibit people from being able to make necessary moves to improve their lives and the lives of their kids. And saying that isn't CRT, no. <laughs> saying that isn't extremism, it's wrestling with a very real problem. But hearing you say that, I wonder, will we come as a nation to that point? Because, you know, I mean, in some of the circles that you travel in, people don't want to hear that. And I'll, and you say this in your piece that, you know, I am not guilty of my forefathers' sins, but I'm part of a church and a nation that has committed profound wrongs, and those wrongs have enduring consequences. I believe that that is true. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things is because this has all gotten toxic, is any, if you're on the conservative side of the spectrum, a lot of times anything you hear on the issue of race that might be something that you haven't considered before or might make you rethink some of, you know, for example, GOP positions or whatever, is being dismissed as woke or CRT. Right, so, right, right. so questioning any prior assumptions is woke. Well, then if you question some of the assumptions of the sort of extreme CRT or anti-racist crowd on the left, then you're accused of sometimes like white supremacy or racism. And so what ends up happening is people are forced to pick a side because once they get in their tribe, at least they feel safe. At least they've got a cocoon. When reality is the people of God decide that they're on is the side of truth. <laughs> and and this, that truth, the truth of the matter and the truth of how we're supposed to respond, isn't going to fit super neatly in red or blue, to be honest. And so it's our responsibility to try to fight through the rhetoric as much as we can to see what is it in our turn on this earth that we need to do. 
Yes, amen to that. Uh, the problem is that on both sides, people are scared and angry uh, and vocal. And, of course, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And now that you get, you know, the government overlay and whether the school boards are involved. And, and I wonder, I mean, you know, you you write about this so well. You think about this well. And so is there and I hate to use this phrase, but is there a Christian solution to this? I mean, is that even possible? Well, I think one thing that we need to understand is we need to kind of stop thinking in terms of global solutions. In other words, one of the things that we end up doing is we start thinking, well, what, well how can we fix all of this? And I've been encouraging people to think about, rather, how can we fix some of this? What is a, what is a concrete what are concrete first steps that we can take to do something rather than throw it? Because it's so hard. I mean, this is, you're talking about legacies and consequences of centuries of awful, uh, of horrible laws and bigotry. And so it's so hard. So what I, what I encourage people to do is get engaged locally and think, what is something I can do here locally? Whether it is trying to find a way to get kids better educational opportunity, you know, whether you're talking about, say, charter schools or what's called backpack funding, where kids, the money follows the kids, so they have greater ability to choose where to go to school. Or maybe it's something where you have these ridiculous zoning rules, these NIMBY, not-in-my-backyard zoning rules that make it almost impossible for someone from a lower economic uh, category to move into school districts with better schools and in places with better jobs. I mean, these things, they're not solving everything. But I think one of the things that ends up happening is that paralyzes people is we recognize the incredible difficulty of a global total response to this, and we just feel paralyzed, or sometimes we just end up fighting about the total response meaninglessly on Facebook or Twitter and neglecting the something that we can do in our known neighborhoods and our own churches and our own backyard. Yes, I agree with that. I think that the big step for a lot of people is to first acknowledge it, right? And then think yes. through it thoughtfully somehow, right? Think through it. Yes. And especially with a strong Christian response to that and then be part of something. David, it's always a pleasure. Uh, listen, the dispatch, people want to be part of this. Wait, they can do what and go where? Uh, just go to thedispatch.com, and you can sign up for free uh, emails to receive about half of what we produce, or you can subscribe and get all of what we produce, and that's at thedispatch.com. Very nice. Always a pleasure, David. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. David French, listen, uh, highly recommended, thedispatch.com. They're just struggling through the issues like you and I are. And David, you here, right? Smart guy, committed believer. Just trying to figure things out. Research shows that people remember radio ads with a booming voice that emphasizes all the main points. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. That part is super important. Here's one with a booming voice. I'm emphasizing everything. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. Like a page with every word highlighted. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Thursday, August 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern, be a part of Food for the Poor's virtual We Are One concert. This will be an evening filled with hope, unity, and celebration as we come together to experience the power of generosity to transform the world for those in need. Register today at foodforthepoor.org forward slash O-N-E to be a part of our silent auction filled with fantastic items including incredible trips to national and international destinations. That's foodforthepoor.org forward slash one. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Remember the um, the rubber duck, the big gigantic duck that made its uh, visit to Pittsburgh? How long has that been? Four years, maybe three years, somewhere in that ballpark. More than that, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got pictures of my kids. I, I'm sure they were much smaller. Um, but that was a big deal, wasn't it? I mean, it was fun. It was just something that was just fun. I mean. I don't know what they were trying to promote. It really didn't matter. It didn't stick in my brain, obviously. Um, but now uh, corporations have seen things like that event, and they have, of course, tried to capitalize on that. I bring this up because um, uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, the world's biggest soap bottle is headed to Pittsburgh. Something to be excited about there. <laughs> Made by the uh, Washington, D.C.-based uh, beauty company called Soapbox. It will appear in the parking lot of the Settlers Ridge Market District in Robinson for the Soapbox Giving Tour. I bring all this up because Soapbox will make a large donation of soap bars to Northside Common Ministries, a community-based nonprofit that works to feed and house Pittsburgh's homeless population. So that's good. Soapbox, uh, they donate a bar of soap every time one of its products is sold 
announced that it would donate pallets of soap and personal hygiene kits to local charities at every stop. And so Northside Common Ministries will be the beneficiary. And I think, you know, in the meantime, they want you to go out and visit the uh, gigantic soap bottle. It is, um, what is it? It's 21 feet tall, a 2,500-pound metal and fiberglass pump bottle labeled as containing coconut milk and sandalwood liquid hand soap. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't think you know. It's, I don't think it does. It's 21 feet. I mean, that's like a swimming pool full of soap. So it's just a reasonable facsimile thereof. But congratulations to Northside Commons. Take a quick break. Come back. That's the four o'clock hour. Five o'clock hour straight ahead here. The ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. An investigation has found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women inside and outside state government. New York Attorney General Letitia James made the announcement Tuesday. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. June Kim, one of the lawyers leading the investigation, says there were 11 women sexually harassed by the governor. One of them was on his security detail. Some suffered through unwanted touching and grabbing of their most intimate body parts. Investigators spoke with 179 people, including the governor, who they say acknowledged some of the interactions, but has publicly denied any sexual harassment. That's correspondent Julie Walker. This is SRNU. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Uncle Ryan is going to talk about what in the world a direct lender advantage is. So, wow, I've been doing mortgages now for about 18 years. I started United Faith Mortgage with my father. We have a small team here. And honestly, I really think that's what makes us shine. The advantage of us being a smaller team is really the customer service. It's so important to me to make sure we hold your hand throughout the entire process. The other big deal thing is that we're an arm of a large company who has a really big financial backing and a direct lender advantage. Essentially, what that means is that our company gets to use its own money within its own walls. Um, And that's a really huge advantage for our listeners. Because typically, as a direct lender, we may be able to offer you a better rate, which over the life of your loan saves you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If a trip to Israel has been on your bucket list, there may never be a better time and there may never be a better tour. Imagine Tours and Travel invites you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus over 10 unforgettable days this January. Demand for travel is on the rise with cost expected to increase 30% by March, making January the perfect time to visit Israel when tourist crowds are light. Featuring 52 historic sites, your Imagine Tours vacation is the most comprehensive, most affordable tour of its kind. 
Imagine staying in four-star accommodations while enjoying unlimited breakfast and dinner buffets of delectable Middle Eastern food. Imagine spending less time in line waiting to see the sights you've dreamed of all your life and more time actually seeing them. Imagine departing Pittsburgh January 10th on an adventure you'll never forget. Now is the time. This is the tour. For details, including the four-day Egypt extension, visit pgh22.com. Imagine tours and travel. Everything you imagined it would be at pgh22.com. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. We'll see a thunderstorm around this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll reach a low of 62. It'll be pleasant tomorrow with sun and clouds. A great day to be outside. Tomorrow's high, 81. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 62. Thursday, times of clouds and sun will reach a high Thursday of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I guess for some people, they never went away. But in my own personal life, the mask, the the wearing of masks really went away. I mean, we took a family trip to Yellowstone. We flew. I've been, you know, in restaurants. I've been at, at pirate games. I've been out and about. And I haven't worried about the mask. Now, I know for some people, you know who are much more vulnerable and whatnot, they continue to wear that. And I'm more than 100% fine with that. But now you hear that, you know, tonight there's a concert at PPG. Uh, James Taylor's in town. There's, and PPG's saying, everybody, you, you, if you got to come in, you got to wear the mask. Kennywood's saying, you got to wear a mask indoors, you know, at, you know, whether at restaurants or at the arcades at Kennywood or whatnot. So it feels as though a giant eagle. You're wearing a mask back, a giant eagle again. What is going on? Well, we've been so fortunate to have a doctor with us over the entire pandemic. Dr. Richard Zimmerman is with us. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control and here today to talk to us to try to get some understanding of what's happening. Uh, Rick, Dr. Zimmerman, welcome back. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. And in a nutshell, Delta has happened, which is a more contagious strain of the virus. We've gone from, I think our last time when I talked with you, 1% positivity up to 3%, still far less than we were before, but a clear uptake. And one that I think I and some others were a little surprised about because the virus in general doesn't like uh, 
sunshine and humidity changes that we usually see in the summer. But this virus has got some surprises for us. Holy smokes. Okay, so what about the idea, Rick, of those who will not get vaccinated? Uh, They don't want the shot. So has that allowed that Delta variant to sneak in? Yes, that clearly plays a role because if you have a susceptible population and this is part of infectious disease dynamics, that if you have a susceptible population, the virus enters, it's more contagious than the other forms, and so it will expose the chinks in the armor, so to speak. I see. Okay, so during the 4 o'clock hour, we have a friend who joins us on a regular basis as well. Uh, He joins us from the U.K. He told me that in the U.K., 90% of the population has uh, received at least the first shot. We are far from that here uh, in this country. So what does it look like uh, ahead? I mean, I think have have we reached where people are saying, I'm not going to get the shot, and that's it, just deal with it. And so with that, then we're just basically going to be kicking this down the road for a while. I think part of that's true. The FDA has granted fast-track, full uh, approval process um, investigation into both Moderna and Pfizer. And so my understanding is that lots of resources in the federal government are going into making sure that those full reviews are timely um, and full, as normally is done for a licensed vaccine. So that will help some people, but obviously there will be those skeptics who refuse. Right. And, I mean, I think, you know, the public service messages and whatnot, your appearance here and all those things, if people are not going to get the shot, they're just not going to get the shot. We've reached that point. Do you think? I think there's still a group that says if it's fully licensed or if I see enough of my friends, families, coworkers that they will. So I don't think we've hit the ceiling yet. Okay, good. Um, I do think there is a ceiling. I don't think we can ever get, you know, 100% of the population, probably not even 95, but I don't think we've hit the ceiling yet. Okay. But Rick, now we've seen stories about this, right? Where people say, oh, I, you know, I, I was an anti-vax, anti-mask, and then all of a sudden people get sick with COVID. So here's some stories of, you know, the rare instances where people have died from COVID after, you know, d- disavowing it all this time. I wish I would have done this. I mean... <sighs> How does the message change otherwise? I mean, short of catastrophe, people just are not going to do this. It just that's what it's going to be. Right. I think uh, relatives or close friends who experience suffering has an impact when you see it firsthand. And there's been people that have been skeptics and uh, there's been politics and other things. My goal has been to produce Uh, the most accurate and truthful information I can for your audience um, because they're my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and I want them protected. Amen. Okay, so you hear the words Center for for Disease Control. In some instances, that's become a dirty word as well, hasn't it? Uh, It it is in some circles. You know, I've been uh, pro-life for decades and, you know, came to Christ in college, thanks uh, to what God did, um, and I've been involved with the CDC for decades. Uh, there are a variety of people there uh, across the political spectrum, uh, but a number of people there care about the truth. They may not have the same values at the end or beginning of life or about religious liberty, but a number of them care about scientific truth, and I would hope our listeners would not um, 
put everything that comes from a person who may not hold our worldview to say that everything they do is untrue. Uh, we see biblical examples of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and doing things that yes. God used. And so there's good biblical examples of that. Good. All right. So we're back to wearing masks uh, in mass in public, right? Giant Eagle, as you, you know, heard me talk about coming in, or tonight at the James Taylor concert or whatnot. What do you think? I mean, uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, schools are going to get back into session. Kids are going to be wearing masks, whether they're in elementary schools or whether they're on college campuses. Um, hard to crystal ball anything like this, but this is going to go on for an extended period of time. I think so, because I don't think we've gotten either to um, probably the full herd immunity that Delta will require, um, and we haven't hit the maximum, and we have vaccination rate, and we still don't have a vaccine for the younger children yet. So we do have some holes, and we can fill some of those. I think there'll be progress in the vaccination front with uh, younger children, but it will take some time for those trial uh, data to become available. Kids. Now, I don't want to put you in a corner here, Dr. Zimmerman, but, you know, I'm, from time to time when you need to join us, I say, when will those masks come off? And, you know, you've been pretty much spot on with, you know, with your with your thoughts here. Um, are we still going to be doing this this time next year? I sure hope not. I don't think we will be. I think there will be uh, vaccines for children um, that will be licensed and approved, and then we will be able to reduce even further the potential pockets and routes for the virus to spread. So I don't think so. And I think usually in the summers we'll get a reprieve. I do think that this could become a every year winter virus when everything settles down. So we may not get rid of um, COVID, but we may well get into a seasonal pattern like flu. Very good. All right. Uh, Dr. Zimmerman, before you join us, just, just offer a word of encouragement uh, to our audience here. You've been so faithful all these years as a brother in Christ. I, I know you bring it. Um, what's the good word here? Uh, we have a faithful God who is not surprised by any of this. One of my uh, friends, Greg Poland, has been looking at the church with the plague and the real sacrifice that the Christians showed to the unbelieving world as they helped um, their neighbors out in the plague at a time when the science knowledge and antibiotics were not available, and they made a difference. Um, and our in faith, our predecessors have really set a high bar and a high example, one for us to think about. Very good. Rick, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your work. Thank you for yours. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Dr. Richard Zimmerman, he joins us uh, as an epidemiologist, always a strong man of faith, and uh, he tells it like it is. I believe the science. Hey, stick around, would you please? Pastor Terry, Tim, an Olympic-shaped faith, what the Olympics teach us about following Jesus. 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Jack Graham, and I want to personally invite you to join me each weekday for PowerPoint, where we'll get down to the basics of what really matters, life in Jesus Christ. Each day, I'll give you practical, biblical steps for tapping into God's power for successful Christian living. So make plans to join me for a time of spiritual encouragement that will leave you feeling more alive in Christ. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. When Poonam left Hinduism to follow Christ, her Bible became her prized possession. 
The young Indian wife and mother of three secretly read God's word every day, growing in her understanding of God's love. One day, Poonam's husband overheard her praying, and he angrily tore her Bible to pieces. He threatened, from today on, you stop reading this, and as long as you live in this house, you better not pray. Poonam refused to stop, and her husband beat her, eventually kicking her out. Following Jesus cost her everything except her Bible. Pray with me for Christians who have to hide their Bibles from their own family members for their safety. Just $6 sends a Bible to a persecuted believer. Call 800-279-1969. That's 800-279-1969. Or click on the Voice of the Martyrs banner at wordfm.com. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com, promo code is WORD. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group. Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Now, I know it's not necessarily hip to like the Olympics. The ratings apparently are abysmal. But you know what? I like to watch them. It's a made-for-TV event. You get to see these fabulous athletes at the peak of their game. And it's fun. It's cool. I just think it's really interesting. Well, Terry Tim is with us. I believe Terry is the, of the same vein. Uh, Terry's a, a pastor here in the city of Pittsburgh, here to talk to us about having an, an Olympic-sized faith. Terry, how you doing? Hey, John, it's really good to see you. It's been a while. I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, thanks. Sans Kath, so we've lost our zing, but you and I will somehow <laughs> follow through here. Well, we're not, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I love what you said, though. I mean, the Olympics have taken up, I mean, they're taking a beating this year, right? Yeah. I mean, the bad publicity, the bad ratings. And I have to admit, uh, before the Olympics started, I had zero interest. I mean, I kind of said to myself, I'm not going to watch these things. I don't care. I yeah. don't know who's who's competing. And uh, every day I find myself like turning the television on. I mean, I'm, I'm on the Peacock app and yeah. looking at the different streams. And it's fascinating. Oh, I think so. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about this question, uh, you know, uh, Olympic-sized faith or what can we learn about? following jesus uh by by looking at some of the stories that come out of the the olympics and part of it for me um 
I think there's something primal about competition. I, I think there's something in, in the human DNA that goes back to the beginning of time that people love to compete. They love to use their bodies. Yep. There's something exhilarating about it, uh, either participating or watching it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we were just, I was just talking to our producer, Christy. We were talking about putt-putt golf. She said, she's all in. She's a competitor, right? Everybody wants to win something. It's cool. Everybody does. I mean, they actually do have professional putt-putt golf now, miniature golf. There, there actually go. is a professional tour. Four like years from now, she's gone. That's, that's just it. <laughs> that's it. But <laughs> it, it, what, what, whatever the game is, there's something inherent for most humans. And I was even, you know, thinking about, you know, there's this kind of language in the scriptures. The, the Apostle Paul uses competitive language. And the, you know, in Philippians chapter 3, he's talking about himself and he, he says this, let me just read this couple of verses from Philippians three. Good. He said, not that I have already obtained all of this or that I've already arrived at the goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Mm. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Paul, this amazing saint, like he sees himself as an athlete. Following Jesus is like running a race, pressing on, straining ahead, yeah. pushing through to the end because he wants to claim, you know, the prize, the gold medal. Paul doesn't want to settle for silver or bronze. Yeah. He wants he wants it all. And so if the Apostle Paul is using this kind of language, like competitive following of Christ, I, th I think we can we can we can lift some, you know, life examples from watching the Olympics. Yeah, I, I agree with that uh, to win the goal. Right. Everybody wants to win the goal. Wouldn't matter if you were a two year old kid, you know, trying to hit a wiffle ball or kick the soccer ball around the living room. Everybody gets that, right? There's something about winning, straining forward. That's all, like you said, part of our DNA. Right. And, and so one of the things that I think sometimes Christians have difficulty with is competition. We think somehow that competition is anti-Jesus, that if we're going to follow Jesus, we, you know, we never want to win, right? And we, we're not going to be competitive. Submit yourself. Right. And, and be humble. Right. Jude, you know, the, the second to last book in, in, in the New Testament, the writer Jude says we need he uses this language. He says we need to contend for the faith. That's another a word that was lifted from the athletic competitive field and mapped onto Christianity. Jude was saying, there's all sorts of false teaching out there. There's all sorts of things that are contrary to the gospel. And we actually, as followers of Jesus, we need to contend. It's a term that comes from wrestling. Like we need to wrestle for the faith. Like wrestling, I can't, you know, like wrestling to me, like that's the one sport I would never want to do. It's too hard. It's too demanding. Yeah. But Jude says, if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to will be willing to get into the marketplace of ideas, the marketplace of philosophies, and wrestle for the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Like, that's competitive. We need to compete 
on God's behalf for what is good and true and beautiful. And so when we watch these athletes compete, does that spur us on to contend in the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it should. So yeah. we need these models and we need these examples. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, there's something, you know, I'm watching last night, you know, like we talked about, you came in, I'm watching um, track and field and you see these guys, men and the women before the race, you know, they're trying to relax, you know, you know, so they get nervous energy. Then they get in that starting block and then boom, I mean, they explode out of there. And when you think about us trying to win the race, such certainly much longer, but there are moments in our lives where there's opportunities for that boom, that explosion, that thrill, right? It's, I mean, I think people paint the Christian, and maybe this is, maybe this is why, we paint the Christian walk as one thing, when exactly, I mean, it, it, it can be thrilling. It can be super exciting. There's a lot of joy and excitement to be had in the midst of it all. Oh, yeah. I, that's a great, great illustration, John. You know, they're focused when they go into the block. I love it. And I want, I want to remind us all of all the hard work and the discipline, the training Years. that has gone into those moments. I mean, think about the 100 meter. Oh it's 10 seconds. But how many hours have they trained yeah. for that event? Discipline. We, when we watch the Olympics, these athletes, I don't care what sport, badminton, whatever it is, these athletes have discipline. Mm -hmm. And again, like, think about this. Discipleship and discipline have the same kind of root word, oh, right? Good. To be a disciple requires discipline. Do I have the kind of discipline, the work ethic to work at my faith so that when God says, Terry, get in the starting block, your time has come. Like I've done the work, you've done the work, we've done the work as the people of God to run that race that God has set before us. I think a lot of times we just want to show up. We just want to, we just want to run the race and, and we realize I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I haven't done the, the hard work of disciplining my body, my mind, my soul so that I can do what God has called me to do. Fabulous. I appreciate that there. Right. And so with the discipline, becomes the race and then for those fortunate few and of course if we claim the name of christ we are those fortunate few already but for those fortunate few in the olympics when they win the gold i mean don't you love to see the explosion of joy right i mean whether it is the gold the silver or the bronze or whatnot there is that yeah. incredible joy that comes to most of us very very rarely so there it is you know uh, you get to see it again and again and again whether it's the race or the pole vault or whatnot the incredible joy that is there i love that so much yeah. And, and we, we all want to get on the podium and we want we want to win the medal like Paul talks about that. But one of the things that I observed that I found really fascinating, particularly in track and field, you know, when you watch these early rounds, there are athletes in the Olympics who have no chance of winning, right. like zero chance of winning. And they know that. And they know that. But they line up. And they run the race, they compete in that event, and there is, in some cases, even seemingly more joy of mm -hmm. just like, they've shown up, they've done the best that they can do, they're representing their country, and they're the joy of participation. So one of the things I, I, I take away from that is like, get in the game, like whatever your skill level is, whatever your capacity for Jesus might be, don't sit on the sidelines, 
get in the game because that's where the joy really is. It's, you know, it's not only about winning, it's about participation. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, you you know, you, you you talk to people like they go on a, they go on a short-term mission trip and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I came alive in that. Or they, they share their faith for the first time with somebody and they're like, I never experienced the joy like that. I didn't, they didn't get on a big platform and preach in front of a thousand people, but they just right in front of them, they participated in what God was inviting them to do. And I, I, I think that's another lesson that, you know, there's a place for all of us to get in the game. That's excellent. Okay. So I'm in the starting block. The race is about to begin. I look over who's next to me, Tim Keller. Oh, come <laughs> on. I, I got nothing now. Right. But we're right. going, it's the same destination. Yep. And you, you know, when you're, you know, if I'm preaching against Tim Keller, I'm going to get crushed, right? I mean, it's just, but, but God doesn't call me to be Tim Keller. God calls me to be Terry Tim and to offer what I have to God and to God's people and to do the, to make the most of what God has entrusted to me. And that's, there, there, there can be great joy in that. Like, Like, come on, brothers and sisters, come on, bring, bring whatever you have. And God will make much of it. Fabulous. It's a great analogy. I love it a lot, Terry. I'm glad that you're watching the Olympics like I am. I mean, there's a lot of joy, so why not share in that? Hey, before you leave us, talk to us about your church, because you do something that is intentional, but it's very different as well. Yeah, well, talk about the church. You know, I was just listening to the, your your previous segment with uh, Dr. Zimmerman. It's like, yeah, so we're a church without a building, and you know we 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 meet on Sunday mornings. Uh, we we typically pre pre COVID we met in a, a public school, and that just hasn't been able to happen for us with yeah. the COVID and pandemic stuff. So we've been online, we've been meeting outside, we've been meeting in a hotel. We actually met for three weeks in a yoga studio. We worship in a yoga studio. Uh, the, the hope is that August 22nd, we'll be back inside worshiping at Independence Middle School in Bethel Park. And uh, But we, we haven't been in a regular meeting place since March of 2020. So uh, wow. it's been a hard struggle. Part of, I mean, part of for me as a pastor and as a part of our community of faith is, is persevering, like persevering through the, the challenges that we face in life. And so, um, yeah, I don't know with, with kind of the spike and, and Delta and all this kind of stuff, but yeah, we really believe that, that our, our faith is about relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another. And so we're trying, trying our best to live into that in a very challenging season. Yeah, it's very difficult. So you're not so much the church building. You're certainly nomads, even more so than you've ever been. But if people want to be part of you, if they have that nomad feeling as well, they can be part of you. Can't they tell us where they can? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, you can, you can check us out Christ community, uh, church.me. That's our website. And, uh, you can learn more about our, our, our life, uh, together as a community of faith. We pilgrim, uh, as pilgrim and nomad. We, we use that language a lot. We're on a pilgrimage of faith, our journey with God to find God together. So if you'd like to join us, there's, there's always room for you. Fabulous. Terry, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Um, I'll see you in the starting block. Absolutely. John, take care. You as well. Very nice. Terry, Tim, listen, uh, the church model that he's producing is just really fabulous. We've been to the church, uh, just a wonderful group of people. It's really interesting. They're not invested in the building. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. 
but not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, lock them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Thursday, August 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern, be a part of Food for the Poor's virtual We Are One concert. This will be an evening filled with hope, unity, and celebration as we come together to experience the power of generosity to transform the world for those in need. Register today at foodforthepoor.org forward slash O-N-E to be a part of our silent auction filled with fantastic items, including incredible trips to national and international destinations. That's Food for the poor.org forward slash one angie's list is now angie whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right see reviews compare quotes and book hundreds of projects plus when you book and pay through angie we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee check out angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee go to angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm we are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, glue, pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. We'll see a thunderstorm around this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll reach a low of 62. It'll be pleasant tomorrow with sun and clouds. A great day to be outside. Tomorrow's high, 81. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 62. Thursday, times of clouds and sun will reach a high Thursday of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Decades of China's one-child policy, of course, wreaked havoc on the country. Now, uh, the weird thing about that, the one-child policy for China, is that infanticide was just rampant. Little baby girls would be born, and those babies would be quickly extinguished. They would be killed because all families wanted to have a man, a boy, care for the aging parents. So what they found was... In those intervening decades, 
the female population in China was minuscule compared to the men. Well, I see an article today. If there was any doubt that we're living in a man's world, uh, well, there there won't be because men are set to vastly outnumber women around the world because of what happened in China in many ways. At least that's according to a new study that predicts a gender imbalance within just two decades with sex-selective abortions and cultural preferences towards boys reducing the amount of girls being born worldwide. The research was published by someone called BMJ Global Health, said that abortions of females caused about 45 million young girls to disappear between 1970 and 2017. Quite honestly, I'm surprised that it's that low. More boys have been born in several countries across Southeast Europe and Asia since the 1970s, with, of course, China and India accounting for 95% of those disappearing births. Now, if those trends continue, researchers fear that more than a third of the world's population will suffer from a lack of women for the foreseeable future. 4.7 million female births will be lost by 2013 if things do not change. The consequences of the female birth deficit could be more serious, simply making it harder than to find a girlfriend. Fewer than expected females in a population could result in elevated levels of antisocial behavior and violence and may ultimately affect long-term stability and social sustainable development. How about that? Pakistan and Nigeria were among several countries expected to see the amount of female births fall over the next few years, although the trends there are predicted to slow down after about 20 years. The main issue, they say, according to researchers, is working out whether men will continue to outnumber women and whether new countries could soon start to see the decline in female births. The United Nations categorizes sex-selective abortions as a harmful practice alongside child or forced marriages and female genital mutilation targeted under the Sustainable Development Goals. The uh, study proposed that better data collection and wider education could solve these problems. I don't think that's going to happen. But if that continues, sex-selective abortions, right? What a weird world we're going to live in. Talk about dystopian world. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. So pray for the world and uh, that females flourish and sex-selective abortions disappear. Let us take a a quick break. When we do come back, I wonder about this. Uh, Our next guest is part of a a Bible initiative. And um, whether it's Catholic or not, the fact is that a lot of people who are believers never, for whatever reason, never read their Bible. So there is something like Bible illiteracy, of course, among people who call themselves believers. Well, there's a new Bible out that tries to combat that in some way. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Stick around. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Bible readers, Bible believers here on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Point five W O R D 
Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. To be or not to be? If that's your pest question, get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian Travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I grew up in an Irish Catholic household. I went to a Catholic grade school, and uh, regularly, it was just part of our upbringing, we went to Mass at least twice a week. It was there that, of course, you would hear the Gospels. But I tell you this, we never, as a family, we never read the Bible. The only time we read the Bible was on Christmas Eve, where we all would gather around my parents' bedroom, and we'd lay there on Christmas Eve, and my mother would read us the Christmas Gospel story. That was the only time. So later on, as an adult, when I recommitted myself to Christ, reading the Bible was something that was foreign territory to me. I had no idea how to go about reading the Bible. I wanted to, but I was unfamiliar with it. It was just a strange book to me. Well, 
if that's you, if that's part of your story, if you're not a Bible reader, whatever denomination of Christian faith you are, there's an opportunity now for you to start over, to hit the reset button, to take the strange and mysterious book of the Bible and become acquainted with it intimately. Matt Belko is with us. Matt is the publishing director of a brand new Bible called Word on Fire Bible. And Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so I think my story as a Roman Catholic growing up, I'm one of seven kids. That's how Catholic we are. Um, <laughs> this is a, a common story, I think, and probably you've heard this story over the years repeatedly, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately it's the case that a lot of Catholics don't read Scripture. I mean, of course, like you said, we're getting the Scripture at the Mass. Um, that's a fact that maybe not a lot of Protestants know, is that the Mass is absolutely saturated with readings from, from Scripture, um, not just in the Liturgy of the Word, but through the Liturgy of the Eucharist as well. But Catholics are not as good at reading the Scripture on their own at home. So the Word on Fire Bible emerged out of this desire to fulfill the call of Vatican II for really a renaissance in scriptural renewal, to get the laity charged up about reading the scriptures, understanding the scriptures. Um, it's the Word of God, and so obviously it's essential that as Christians, as Catholics, we, we read and study and, and understand the Bible. Yeah, I agree 100%. So the, the Word on Fire Bible, I mean, not not specifically for a Catholic audience, there's no doubt about that, but what separates it? Because, no, it is not the Bible, the full Bible, it is the Gospels. So there's obviously a delineation there. You're focusing, you know, perhaps down the road, you would do a, you know, a greater exploration of the entire Bible, but a good place to start, of course, for all believers is the Gospels. Talk about that and talk about the resources that go hand in hand, the, the two things together, the Word of God and then the commentary, the study guide that goes along with that, Matt. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think what we really wanted to set this Bible apart was four different things. So the first is it has an evangelical purpose. You know, in our context, we're talking about evangelization. Um, there's so many people that are disaffiliating from the faith, and so the the driver of this Bible is to reach those people and draw them back. Um, the second feature is that it's designed for people that have never even cracked open a Bible before. So we're not assuming any kind of background knowledge with the Bible. Um, it's really for beginners. The third feature is that we're embedding the scripture text within commentary from 2,000 years of tradition. Um, so this is stretching back to the Church Fathers right up to the present day. Um, and then the fourth, and for me, is the distinctive feature of the Bible is that it's a beautiful book. Um, at Word on Fire and the Catholic ethos, generally, we really love beauty. Um, we see it as a route of access to God. And so we wanted to make this a beautiful book that, you know, you see it and it's just the physical quality of it is striking. And then you open it up and it's filled with all kinds of beautiful artwork and commentary on the artwork. So. Those are really the four uh, different features of the Word on Fire Bible. To your second point, it is the Gospels for this first volume, but in the coming years we'll be releasing subsequent volumes for the, the rest of the Bible as well. Very nice. I mean, seriously, I, I'm holding the Word on Fire Bible in my hands right now, and, and I love it. I mean, uh, the, the mark was high. Uh, it is a beautiful volume, uh, leather-bound. And what I really love, um, 
the, the commentary is spot on. It's very, very well done. Uh, whether you know you're a Presbyterian or an Evangelical or, or, or a Catholic, uh, the the commentary that goes along really opens up the gospel. But then I I think for your point, the artwork. I mean, just fabulous. Uh, major works of art that go back, of course, centuries that illustrate the Bible as well. Talk about that, about, you know, because there's something about that. I mean, you know, before people even owned their own copy of their Bible, you know, once extremely rare, they were, they were able to look at the artwork in the churches, right? They would go in for worship and see whether it was the Stations of the Cross or what. In some ways, that was the Bible through a piece of artwork. And here it is in this Bible as well. That's right, yeah. In, in the Catholic world, we have a, a, these fancy Latin phrases, the via pulchritudinis, which just means the way of beauty. And so we believe that beauty is, is a way to instruct the heart about God, even before perhaps, as you say, the, the mind has caught up um, in terms of doctrine and, and so forth. Um, it's a way to kind of um, arrest the, the, the heart and the soul and draw it toward God. Um, and one thing I love about the artwork in the Word on Fire Bible is that we do have art from across the Christian world. So we do have uh, non-Catholic artists represented uh, in the Scripture as well. Very nice. Okay, Matt, so if people are interested, uh, the Word on Fire Bible, you can grab it where? So all you need to do is go to uh, wordonfire.org slash Bible, and that'll kind of give you a little preview of the current volume, the Gospels, and then you can find videos and explanation everything you want is there and there's also a link there um to order the the book as well if you want very good hey matt really job well done for the entire team who has produced the word on fire bible it is first rate and uh, i mean i just love it uh, a great encouragement and i know if if people currently are not bible readers this is a great first step because there's so many resources here, visual, and of course, in the Word, of course, and the commentary, just uh, really high marks. Very well done. So thanks for that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you today. Yeah, the pleasure's been mine. Really, it has. The Word on Fire Bible. Matt Belko's with us. He's the publishing director at Word on Fire. But really, um, if there's somebody in your life, if you yourself are a regular Bible reader, of course, fabulous, right? Kudos. You need that. But there are people I know in my own family who, for whatever reason, find the Bible too mysterious, too difficult. They've made the bar too high to delve into it. This is a great, wonderful first step, really. The resources are there. The artwork, the commentary, all together. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. 
Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them, and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com, promo code is WORD. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise. Wednesday, August 25th from 630 to 9. Relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. I used to, um, I used to live on the north side, and I went to school uh, at Point Park College, Point Park University. Now, so regularly, you know, my commute was essentially walking across what was then the Sixth Street Bridge, is now you know the Roberto Clemente Bridge. So I'd walk from Brighton Road, cut through West Park, you know, and f- wind my way down through, and then walk across the Sixth Street Bridge, and then right at the foot of the Sixth Street Bridge was the is the Fulton building um, you would know it it's the Byam theater that's the Fulton building it used to be the uh, Fulton movie theater there now now it's the Byam theater which is excellent but uh, and I believe the Fulton building it used to be um, offices and whatnot now I think it's a boutique um, hotel but there was a time, and especially the time which I remember, this is the point of me talking about living on the north side, where inside the Fulton building, there was an abortion clinic. And my old roommate, um, his parents, who were retired, I, I remember if I did this once, I'm sure I did this a hundred times, I'd be walking from the north side, walking into, into college at Point Park on the other side of town, but walking across the Fulton building, and there would be protesters standing outside, I believe, now I don't know if this is true, it was a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic at the Fulton Theater, at the Fulton building, sorry. Well, it'd have to be a Planned Parenthood. Um, anyway, long story short, there was my roommate's mom and dad, and they were there daily, daily. So anytime, day or night, we'd walk by there, there were Mr. and Mrs. Gilch, and they were faithful. And there was a small group of people who would be outside with placards, 
Sometimes they had unimaginable photographs. I'm sure you've seen the imaginable on the photographs of the aborted fetuses, the little babies just crushed under the weight of the the abortion people. Um, they were shocking, but uh, you know. It's kind of like pornography in some way. Once you see the image, you don't get it out of your head. It's so shocking. The the image is so incredibly brutal. But you'd walk by on the way to class or coming home from class, and there would be Mr. and Mrs. Gilch. (laughs) I love these two. They were were just sweethearts. And they were vehemently pro-life people. And so you'd stop and talk. Hey, how was your day? You know, just... Give them a hug, give them a kiss, you know, and, and then you'd go on your way. And I say all that because I, I saw a piece uh, talking about the former uh, head of Planned Parenthood. Now, this is a really interesting story to me. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Leanna Wen, and uh, she was uh, tapped as the president of Planned Parenthood. Now, there was a, a woman uh, who was the head of Planned Parenthood for decades. I can't imagine what that would be like. I mean, now I know that these people think that they're doing the right thing, that they are justified in their eradication of little babies. But it is a vicious and gruesome business. There's no doubt about that. So when the longtime head of Planned Parenthood stepped down, a new head was brought in, and her name is Dr. Leanna Wen. Now, she was there literally for nine months, less than a year, which was surprising because one day Planned Parenthood said, uh, we have decided to part ways with Dr. Leanna Wen. She has suffered a miscarriage and is moving on because of that. Now, what's interesting to me is that, you know, being in this position and looking at Planned Parenthood and reading about Planned Parenthood and studying and seeing those people like Mr. and Mrs. Gilch on the front lines, all those warriors, those pro-life warriors, I'm always curious about the inner workings of Planned Parenthood. Well, Dr. Leanna Wen, uh, she was basically kicked out of that role of the, the head of Planned Parenthood because she, when she was hired for the job, which I'm sure there was a lot of candidates willing to take that job. Well, Dr. Wen had one idea of what Planned Parenthood would be all about, that she saw Planned Parenthood, which is what Planned Parenthood always says, you know, in air quotes, as a health care provider. Now, you and I know that there's nothing further from the truth. Planned Parenthood is not a health care provider. They are in the business, and it is a business. It is a big business. It is a multi, 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 multi million dollar business of providing abortions. That's it. I mean, there's a tiny percentage of health care. I'll put that again in quotes. There's no health care there. You know, they do occasional pap smears and they provide uh, contraceptive advice. But lo- by and large, if you would look at their books, if Planned Parenthood would ever open up their books, you know, their financial records, you would see that income flow. Well, Dr. Wen, in this new book, who is very interesting to me, because now, post-Planned Parenthood, she has become, she's left that behind, but she's become a very vocal opponent about women's health care. 
So she's written essays. She's appeared on national public radio. Believe me, I'm still sure that, you know, she is a very, very liberal person in her leanings towards, in air quotes, women's health care and abortion. But in this new book she publishes, she talks about how Planned Parenthood, because they disagreed with her perspective on women's health care and abortion, that Planned Parenthood went out of their way to say, well, Dr. Wen has left Planned Parenthood because of her miscarriage. Any time that you think, and I, that you think that Planned Parenthood is telling the truth, you got to know it is a, just a den of deception. It really is. And I've yet to read this book, and I'm going to make a point of this, but I just think about my interaction, you know, as a, my limited interaction there. It's so wrong. The work that they do is so brutal. And, of course, what I talked about a little earlier, you know, the eradication of women. I mean, sex-selective abortions. That's coming. What does that mean for the world that we live in? It will be dystopian by something we can't even think about or measure. Prayers for all those babies. Prayers for those women who are in turmoil, wondering what to do about their baby yet to be born. Have a good night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.